KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, August 24th. The effort to expand paid sick leave in the state. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. An increase to water rates in the city of San Diego could be on the horizon. The city of San Diego is considering a more than 10% rate increase that would take effect December 1st. That would be followed by a nearly 9% increase in January 2025. The proposal would also pass along any future rate increases imposed by the County Water Authority. The city says the rate hike is needed to cover the increasing cost of water and the cost to replace aging infrastructure. San Diegans can mail in comments on the proposal or attend a hearing on September 19th at the City Administration Building in downtown. After hearing from the public, the City Council will vote on the increase. Tijuana's Little League All-Star Baseball team has won again. The team beat Japan 2-0 yesterday. Today, they'll face Team Curacao from the Caribbean region. If Mexico wins, the team will be only one game away from the Little League World Series championship game. Animal rescue organizations are stepping up to help pets impacted by the wildfires in Maui. The first of 20 orphan pets are now at the Helen Woodward Animal Center in Rancho Santa Fe. Jessica Girk is the communications director for the nonprofit. These orphan animals that have never had a home maybe would be the first to be, they would have to consider euthanizing. Um, so if we can take these animals, find them beautiful, loving families out here, and know we're also opening up a space so that the people there that want to keep their animals but need a place to keep them for a while have that space available to them. The animals will be available for adoption over the next few weeks after they're medically cleared. If you're interested in adopting, you can visit animalcenter.org. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Worker coalitions are pushing state lawmakers to increase the minimum number of paid sick days from three to seven per year. Reporter Katie Heisen has more. Working while sick risks infecting the community. Staying home without paid leave costs wages and sometimes jobs. Nearly two-thirds of Californians live paycheck to paycheck. Denise Barlage works as a grocery cashier in Huntington Park near L.A., She says she was recently diagnosed with osteoporosis and has no sick leave left to attend her twice-monthly doctor's appointments. 
companies aren't going to give it to us. It's going to be our politicians who recognize workers as the strong built of this community. Employer groups opposing the bill say many businesses can't afford the change and would pass the cost on to customers or cut jobs, wages, or other benefits. Similar attempts to expand paid sick leave in recent years have stalled. Only three weeks remain for the Senate to pass this bill. Katie Heisen, KPBS News. There was a slight bump in COVID cases and hospitalizations at the end of last month across the county. A new coronavirus variant has also gotten the attention of public health officials in recent weeks. Dr. Eric Topol is the founder of the Scripps Research Translational Institute in La Jolla. He spoke to my colleague Jade Heidman about COVID and other respiratory infections this season. Here's part of their conversation. It's been quite a while since we talked about COVID, but that doesn't exactly mean it's gone away. So what can you tell us about where we stand with COVID today? Right, Jay. Well, we kind of had a respite where the virus was circulating at low levels, and now it's on the uptick. And there's a few things going on at the same time. Firstly, uh, a variant known as EG5 uh, started to show it had a growth advantage over the prior ones, such as the one that the new updated booster, which is called XBB15, is targeted for. So that one's kind of been cooking along. And then um, we know that where that's headed, which is just going to add on a, another mutation, make it a bit more challenging. At the same time, the virus um, is is kind of evolving further. There's uh, separately, increases in wastewater detection of the virus and in hospitalizations actually throughout the country, not big levels, but certainly uh, going in the wrong direction. Hmm. And then the the other big thing, of course, Jade, is that there's a new variant that is very bad looking out there that seven sequences have been detected now uh, in uh, five countries. And uh, that one is concerning because it's very different from any uh, version of the virus we've seen before. What makes it different? I mean, obviously, its structure is a bit different, but does it impact people's health differently? Yeah, we don't know that. And probably, if you had to bet, it wouldn't change the type of illness people would get. But the main thing, because it has more than 30 mutations different than the prior versions of the virus we've seen, it will be a challenge to our immune system. Uh, and so it could uh, cause a fair number of infections if it becomes um, one that transmits well. We don't know that yet. Uh, and that is the BA.2.86 you're talking about, right? Exactly. Yeah. So unfortunately, they have all these obscure names and yeah. numbers. But yes, that's the one that is the troubling right now because the vaccine booster that's supposed to be ready mid-September isn't going to help much against that one since it's so different than, you know, the virus that we we have had vaccines, boosters, and infections previously. So it has a whole different look. Uh, that's a lot of new mutations. It's a lot like what we saw with Omicron initially when it had 30 new mutations. But these are 30 different mutations. And so we could... If it gets transmissible, I'm hoping not, you know, that's what's going to cause the trouble, mainly because whatever defense we have is going to have some ability to uh, let this virus get around. And uh, 
it, it shouldn't hopefully cause worse illness. In fact, you know, it, it might be less. It's just that it'll spread so widely. And as you know, when the virus spreads, there's not just infections, but there's also the potential for long COVID. And Dr. Topol, with these latest variants, what can you tell us about new boosters and variant-proof vaccines? Uh, can we expect those anytime soon? Mm, I wish. Um, the new booster will be a pretty good match for uh, the current variants and the ones projected in the weeks ahead, unless this BA286 gets uh, going. So uh, we're always chasing with these boosters. That's why we need a variant-proof vaccine that lasts longer, less side effects, um, and also nasal-delivered vaccines and the monoclonal antibodies for the people who are immunocompromised. So today, Project NextGen announced their first uh, awarding of grants of over a billion dollars towards these new things better vaccines, nasal vaccines, and the antibodies. So at least they're getting funded now because up until this point today, there wasn't any sign of of, uh, proof of life. So things are moving forward, but we're not going to probably have a nasal vaccine in this country till at best latter part of next year. Now, aside from COVID, flu and RSV have also been major concerns this time of year. What do we know about the outlook for those this year? Well, as opposed to COVID, these are seasonal, as you can predict when they're going to hit and the, the duration of the season. So that's good because you can time the vaccine knowing that. We have for the first time, you know, RSV vaccines approved for um, uh, people who are older and for pregnant uh, women. And also, of course, we've had flu shots, which we hope will align. They're always trying to predict where the flu um, is going to evolve the, the new strain. But we have ways to protect, uh, particularly people who are at risk. That was Dr. Eric Tulpol, founder of the Scripps Research Translational Institute in La Jolla, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Jade Heidman. Coming up, we hear about the message behind the artwork at Waterfront Park. We'll have that story and more just after the break. I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.
Tropical storm Hillary forced more than 2 billion gallons of polluted stormwater into the U.S. this past weekend. Environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. The storm overwhelmed the International Wastewater Treatment Plant just north of the U.S.-Mexico border. There was so much water coming through the plant that operators diverted flows into the ocean outfall without the proper treatment. Polluted water also flowed through the Tijuana River Channel. The San Diego Regional Water Quality Control Board's David Gibson says that is not acceptable. Now we simply have to get that water out of the river into a treatment plant, into beneficial reuse if practicable, but discharge three miles offshore safely and in compliance with the Clean Water Act. Gibson says a planned expansion of the sewage treatment complex is still years away. Meanwhile, polluted water continues to flow across the border and the ocean in the southern part of the county remains unsafe for swimmers. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. The city of San Diego is getting nearly $25 million from the new state budget. Reporter John Carroll says some of those funds will benefit Balboa Park. The money is going to a host of projects around the city. Three institutions in Balboa Park will split more than $7 million. Half a million will go to re-leather the Spreckles organ, in other words, to refurbish the iconic instrument. More than $1 million is allocated for the Natural History Museum. President and CEO Judy Gradwall says it will be used for repairs and upgrades. We are looking at replacing our roof. We've got uh, air conditioning system that needs that needs work and several other things that will all provide energy savings. The biggest piece, more than five and a half million, is going to the Fleet Science Center. It will be used to relocate the entrance and transform the basement into an exhibit called Science of the Impossible, designed by master magician Jason Latimer. John Carroll, KPBS News. It's tarantula mating season. That means residents may be seeing more of the crawling creatures, especially in East County. Reporter Matt Hoffman has more on what to do if one's in your house. Males are just on the hunt for love, man. That's it. They're trying to they're trying to breed, they're trying to find females. Matt Thomas is CEO of Pet Kingdom in the Midway area. He says California's bronze and black tarantulas will be mating through October, and that means males are actively out looking for mates. East County, it's real prevalent right now. Thomas says tarantulas are an important part of the local ecosystem, and even though venomous, they're relatively tame. If you were to get bit by one, it's just you'll have some like local swelling in that area, um, maybe a little bit redness. We just strongly recommend there's no real need to kill the animal. So just relocating it, it's just going to move on. You know, it's not in your house trying to feed off you or your pets or do anything like that. Thomas says tarantulas are popular pets because they're low maintenance. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. Go to Waterfront Park and you'll see a bright-colored mural showing a sunflower, a bird, and a wheelchair. The message is inclusion. SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge tells us how this public art reflects the people who created it. It's a gorgeous day at the Bayfront Park, next door to the county building downtown. This is a place where kids can ride a swing, splash in a fountain, and see some public art. 
There's a statue by Nikki de Saint-Fall called Number 19 Baseball Player, and also a new mural painted earlier this summer. And you can see it all the way getting from the trolley station and walking up. You can see it from a lot of different angles, and it just draws people in. I think it brings joy and a feeling of like happiness, which we could all use a little bit more of that in our day. <laughs> Hannah Gundrum is an artist who works with a San Diego nonprofit called Revision. There she coaches aspiring artists with autism. And she worked with them to create this piece of public art. The mural lies on a rich blue background and shows a red and yellow bird, a sunflower with the earth in its center, and a hand that says, I love you, in sign language. Gundrum got ideas from people about what images would present the right story and message. Jack Medved came up with the ideas for the sunflower and its rustic pot. It kind of represents something very important. Inclusion for others is a great way to respect the circle of life. Well, something like that. <laughs> Medved is a person with autism. Some of his paintings are on display at a downtown coffee shop. Revision founder and director Joy Bow calls art a unifying force because it doesn't completely reveal the person behind it. When you see a beautiful piece of art, you don't necessarily think who would have created this, what type of person is behind this. You immediately have a reaction to the art itself. Um, so the person comes secondary to the experience that you're having when you're viewing art. Therefore, she says, with art you judge the creation. You don't really judge the artist or their personality. She likes to use the expression neurodiversity when talking about people on the autism spectrum. A lot of times people cannot communicate typically through speech and language, but they might have a gift of objects, um, they might have a gift of piecing items together, you know, creating a sculpture or, um, you know, putting colors together really beautifully. And to me, that's a form of communication as well. Everybody has a blessing. Jack Medved again. Not every artist is the same here. We are all blessed with unique gifts and talents and it doesn't matter what colors you choose and no wrong place or right place to start. Because the mural sits in a very popular waterfront park, it will be seen by lots of people, from families to tourists to people who are homeless. Gundrum hopes they all remember something good. You know, we don't know people's histories. We don't know where they've been. We don't know what their struggles or their, their triumphs might be. And with Waterfront Park, especially being such a community-oriented space with so many different types of people coming here to enjoy the city and the park. Just letting people know that they're welcomed and that they belong and that they're cared about, essentially. Another image on the mural is the figure eight infinity, which has become a symbol for people with autism. Bo says it represents the spectrum and the possibilities that people continue to have in their lives. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top stories. Plus, we have you covered with ideas on what to do this weekend. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Thursday.